Hello, Marlins fans, and happy Friday morning as the Marlins are set to take on the Philadelphia Phillies tonight. This is another episode of Swings and Mishes. I'm Jeremy Taché. With me, as always, Craig Mish, who will be getting information and opinions from here on this episode as we head into a pretty fun weekend series against the Philadelphia Phillies. Sandy Alcantara on the mound tonight. Max Meyer on the mound tomorrow. We'll get into those details in just a second, but Craig... Happy Friday morning to you. How you doing today? Great to be with you, Jeremy. And uh, it's going to be an awesome weekend for sure. I mean, you get the opportunity on Friday and Saturday to see the kind of pitching that they're going to have out there. Phillies series feels like a really big one. We'll see yeah. how it works out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, since the last time we recorded, it has been one of the, uh, I'll say, most interesting stretches of the season for the Marlins. It's been pretty crazy. Four-game sweep of Washington, the split with the Angels, the split with the Mets, the split with the Pirates, and in that stretch, there's five extra inning wins as they've won 10 out of 15. Now they sit just three games back of the wild card, regardless of all of the up and downs. They're two games under 500, and again, Sandy going tonight, Meyer going tomorrow with a chance in those two games to theoretically get back to 500. So we'll get to some of those details moving forward, but I just want your thoughts on what those last 15 games have been as the Marlins have gone from six games under to now just a couple of games under. Well, easy to begin with the Nationals. They beat them four times yep. in a row. Yep. That's been the story of the first half. One of the stories of the first half is Washington has been um, one of, I mean, record-wise, one of the worst teams in, in a long time. They're mm. 30 games under 500. And uh, the Mariners, you know, have won ele- uh, 10 or 11 in a row. They've also been involved uh, with beating up on Washington, too. Yep. Washington is headed in the right direction. They won a World Series. They can do whatever they want, in my mind. So um, in terms of talent, that's kind of the nature here. Now, uh, the good the good news is is that Miami still gets a few games against them in the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. The bad news is, is they played them so many times already. They're 12-1 <laughs> and one against them. I think that we've played that narrative, and I'm going to continue to play it until they win a series against a really good team and that could come this weekend against philadelphia so we'll see but in general the uh, the 10 and 5 yes i mean uh it's fine they i i thought that this series in particular against pittsburgh was to me the most uninspiring series of the season Mm -hmm. they it feels like they could have got swept but they won two out of four and all that matters is the record at the end of the season, as I've always said. So I'm not going to yeah. sit here and play the other side now and say that they could have or should have. I don't do that. Um, it's just a reminder that, you know, when Tanner Scott gave up that home run to lose to the Phillies. Yeah, the catcher yeah. on the, the Phillies. I can't remember his name. I'm sorry. The backup catcher. And and also when Alfaro hit that home run or Brendan Rodgers hit those. Like, yeah, was, we're going to go back at the end of the year. People, oh, if they only would have won those games. Well, right. I mean, I think you illustrated on Twitter the other day. They played a million extra inning games this yeah. month and they're winning them all. So it's like, you know, come on. Like, no one is going to care next year. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they what it feels like to me, I was thinking about this on Wednesday. What it feels like to me is at the point where the Marlins season appears to be on the brink of lost. They somehow climb out of that and win a game to keep it going. Yeah, that, That's kind of what the season feels like. Like, had they lost, they should have, had they lost to Pittsburgh Wednesday, yep. and it looked like it was about to go down, you would have said, that's it. Lost three out of four to Pittsburgh. It's over. What are we even talking about here? But then they won. Yep. And then again yesterday, 2-1, all right, about to lose to uh-huh. Pittsburgh. 
going to lose three out of four. <laughs> Doesn't matter what happens if, and then they win. Yeah. So they, they have this knack for, at least for me is like, don't bury them quite yet because yeah. they're going to find a way to sort of just stay in this thing. And that's really all you can ask this season. Like I said, like I said two months ago, I listen, some things I'll get right, some things I'll get wrong. But really, what I said two months ago, I think is true. Regardless of the result this season, you're wa- you have to watch these games until the ninth inning. It, you may not want to. You may not want to, Jeremy. <laughs> I've hours yesterday, but but you ha- you are not gonna know if the Marlins are gonna win or lose until the ninth. And even if the Marlins are winning, Oof. you still may not know if they're gonna win in the ninth right. inning too, as we've seen. So that that's that's been the part of it. But they have I'll I'll say this, they have got to play better against Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. Coming out of the break against Texas. Like, I mean, they have got to fundamentally on the bases. And like, I mean, my gosh, I have no idea what is going on. But, you know, look, halfway point, maybe a little reset for some of these guys will be will be the ticket. But we'll see. Philly comes in this weekend. They know the deal. It's Sandy. They know Max Myers making his first start. Trust me, they do. A couple of their guys also didn't play this weekend in Toronto. So they're going to be rested as well. Uh, So should be a fun series. Unfortunately for me personally, I will not be able to attend this weekend series Mm. because I am going to Los Angeles for the all-star game and I'm taking my whole family uh, uh, Friday, uh, Friday night. So um, I'll check back in on that, but I I, I want to be at the all-star game for absolutely uh, these three guys are going. I want to make sure that I cover it. Well, that's going to be a, a one heck of a trip for you and the family. And as the Marlins have gone 10 and 5 over this last stretch, that's been without a ton of offense. That's been without Jazz Chisholm Jr. and Jorge Soler in the lineup. Both of them have missed every game since the last time that we spoke. So eventually getting them back should hopefully help there. But guy who's been called up, they've called up the reinforcements. He's finally here. Max Meyer will start on Saturday night. You and I have been talking about this inevitability, what feels like for a couple of years now, eventually we would see Max Meyer. Um, I know I'm excited. I know you're excited. What do Marlins fans have to look forward to on Saturday night? Yeah, first of all, one note to go back to what you said about Solaire, Jazz. Mm-hmm. The point is fair, but I also want to add they were 6-0 and without them, too. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. They, so, so, you know, I, I, again, and by course. the way, the guys the guys who replaced them have played well. Williams, Billy Hamilton, John Birdie. They've been a huge like, part of it. May, may have lost those games with Jazz Chisholm and Jorge Soler. We don't know, but you're totally. right. Yeah, getting, yeah. Just getting, getting Soler back in particular, who will, he'll be back on Friday night. Uh, that that obviously is you know something you know to add to the offense, which they right. did nothing. Of All right, so Max Meyer, I've talked about a lot. Uh, you know, yet yesterday uh, on on Thursday, we found out that that he was going to get called up. The Marlins had a, a video from Jacksonville where where he was told that he was getting the call, and naturally, I've been following this now for a few months. I if you if you want to go back about a month and a half ago, you'll remember when I was sort of pushing for the idea of him mm-hmm. coming up. The Marlins did go to one of his starts. They sent a lot of their front office. In my opinion, they sent them there because they thought that he was ready to come up and make the next start after the start that they went to see him in person. Unfortunately, he got hurt in yep. that start, and that's when he got hit a little bit. Mm. And so I personally believe he would have come up sooner than he had. So what? So now is now is his time. I think the timing is right. I don't think there's any question. Miami is looking at this weekend. It's the Phillies. They need to absolutely have their best foot forward in this series. And honestly, Jeremy, looking at it, I think they're probably realistic. Like sometimes it is baseball, and the bats do wake up. 
but sometimes they don't. And Correct. they may need to win these games two to one. I mean, it, it very well may be the case. Jazz Chisholm is not back this weekend. Right. I don't believe John Birdie is going to play this weekend either. So, you know, that that's two catalysts for this team. And Billy Hamilton's done a nice job. And great. no question. And Luke Williams too. But let, I mean, let you know, let's it, be honest though. Like these guys are not, not jazz and guys. Yeah, they're these yeah. are not the guys that are missing. When John Birdie gets on first, he's on second. So and by the way, I don't know. If, I, I I'm not a hundred percent on Birdie going on the injured list, but I I do not see him playing this weekend at all, at the yeah. very least. So we're just gonna have to kind of wait and see what they decide to do, and they'll at four o'clock in the afternoon on uh, Friday they'll tell you. Sure. But I I think that that Max is gonna be fantastic. I do. I think I think they'll be careful with him at the very beginning and count on the bullpen to protect him a little bit because again. He is going to be an every fifth day pitcher. I think the thing that got him in a little trouble in the minors is that they were kind of like, you know, speeding his recovery time up. And he's just the kind of guy that needs the full three, four or five days, whatever, to get back on the mound. So I don't Mm. think that you're going to see any kind of overuse or anything here. My guess is 90 pitches, 85 pitches, somewhere along those lines in his first start. And his his makeup is of a guy that plays with a chip on his shoulder. So I think that you're going to see that. What will the result be, Jeremy? I don't know. You know, it's it's yeah, baseball. yeah, of course. I, I don't know. The Phillies are very good. It's they a have great, a very good offense. <laughs> Tough challenge, man. It'll First be a, start. It'll be a, it'll be a good challenge. I know naturally everyone is asking. So what are the ramifications from this? Trevor Rogers is he supposed to start. I, I believe Trevor Rogers still going to remain in the rotation. I don't I don't think he's going down or anything like that. I do believe it will be somebody else. Uh, as, as I've as I've said before many times, both on social media and here, I don't demote guys. So regardless of what I know or not, I'm not going to mention it here. But I, I think Trevor Rogers just maintains his his spot in the rotation, and they try to you know get things right with him. And then maybe after the break, you you see a different Trevor Rogers. We'll just have to see. Yeah. So that that's kind of where we stand. It's 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 Friday night with Sandy. Saturday night with. Max Meyer and I and I believe Trevor Rogers is Sunday, but I'm not a hundred percent on that. It could be Pablo Lopez, but regardless of that, I, I think Trevor Rogers is they're just you know still trying to work with him a little bit. He's had you know, good moments and bad moments yeah. in the first half for sure. Yeah, and giving Rogers, uh, you know, what I I talked to a couple of people yesterday or a couple of days ago, sort of floating the, hey, we should see Max this weekend. Come on, make it fun against the Phillies Saturday night. And and my view was just, hey, give Trevor just an extra little bit of time off here. Maybe even just skip one start and give the all-star break just to give him a couple of weeks to to get some things centered there. Um, more on the mental side, which he's talked about is, is the big thing in his approach is being aggressive as a pitcher. So maybe watching a little baseball would help. But... Uh, going to some of the guys who have thrived here, obviously the Marlins now have three all-stars as we're having this conversation. Uh, Sandy Alcantara, obviously we all agree should be the starting pitcher in the national league. We'll see if that happens. Jazz Chisholm Jr. Voted as the starting second baseman. And now Garrett Cooper is an all-star and Craig, um, I don't know that there have been many spaces where there has been more. Uh, pro Garrett Cooper talk than on this podcast over the last few years we have been uh, advocating and you specifically have been advocating for the type of hitter Garrett Cooper is and now with a full healthy first half he has proven that he is a all-star level hitter at the major league level Um, I'm happy for him I know you're happy for him what are your thoughts on on Coop specifically being named an all-star yeah I I know a lot of people are saying that 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 I've been an advocate of his from the beginning which is true but I, I think that it 
it would be foolish for anyone to think that I'm a scout or a trained eye or anything along those lines to sure. know what a hitter is and not. Like, I feel like being around the game, I can identify some things. But I lean on other people for opinions to tell oh, yeah. me what they think. And this one is really simple. And probably most people know this by now. But I have a close relationship with Brad Ziegler. And I have for a long time. And when uh, when Brad was pitching with the Marlins, it was a very easy conversation at that time. And that one to have was basically like you see all these new guys here. Uh, my gosh, like <laughs> right. Louis Brinson, Harrison, and Isan Diaz, Garrett Cooper, Caleb Smith, like. I don't know, man. Can you can you Who's good? tell me what you think about <laughs> right. like like these guys like after spring training? I believe it was after spring training. Sure. And he said to me, the one guy, you know, I don't know what his future is going to be. I don't know where he's going to play in the field, but Garrett Cooper is going to hit in the big leagues. Mm. That guy that the ball is different off his bat. You can tell. You know. I don't know if he's going to play the field. I don't know if he's going to be a DH or first base. Will there ever be the DH in the NL? We'll see. But Garrett Cooper is that's the one. If I were you, that I would I would keep going because I, I think cool. that I'm, it's safe to say that 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 guy is going to make it in some way. So that was it. I was like, all we'll right, be here. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, guy who's pitched in the big leagues for a billion years <laughs> and, and uh, World Baseball Classic and yeah. scoreless streak and longest scoreless streak to open a career in the it history of Major League Baseball. I pretty much am going to rely on the eye and ear of Brad Ziegler. So that Love that's that. what happened there. And so, yeah, that's, that's where we are. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to bank on that for a while. And then Mike Hill also was, was somebody who was big on, on Cooper too. So uh, yeah, congratulations to him and congratulations to Sandy Alcantara. Sandy and I, another one that, yeah. that goes way back. I can, I can remember, I, I mean, I can remember conversations with Sandy that I had, when he was in triple a before he was called up, like, you know, waiting to get that call. And it's just, it's such an interesting dynamic. I remember uh, us talking and like, just like these broken conversations at the time. It's just, it's amazing. I, I also remember, I also remember with Sandy, when I when I first met him, Sandy was the, I, I think I've probably mentioned this before, but it's fine to tell. Oh, no, now's the time to tell it. Yeah. Yeah, he so the there used to be a time where at Roger Dean Stadium, that complex that you could go back and forth between the Cardinals and Marlins. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to get a pass for both, which I understand they changed the rules, but it stinks. Like it was just so easy to just yeah. like go around the corner and now I'm with the Cardinals and now I'm with the Marlins. <laughs> right, right. Now it's like you got to check in and there's all these protocols and it had nothing to do with COVID, by the way. It was just, yeah, just they, different. They, right. They just changed it. So it was really easy to go. And and at the time, the people that were close to Sandy had introduced me to him. And he didn't, I mean, I don't, rem- I don't remember five words that we may have said to each other, but I saw him pitch. I went, saw him on, you know, pitching a bullpen for the Cardinals. And I just knew him as this tall, lanky kid who, who they, who they, a lot of people thought could have some potential, but he was basically the, the caddy of Carlos Martinez. I mean, that's basically <laughs> who he was. He wow. Carlos Martinez would leave every day and Sandy would be in the passenger seat. And I, I don't think Sandy even drove. I mean, I don't even know. Sure. And and they would just go about their business each day. And Carlos Martinez was the guy at that time, by the way. He yeah. Was like going to sign an extension or about to sign an extension. And to see him come so far, I, I probably have more stories than anybody on, on Sandy over the last few years. But congratulations to him. Jazz also congrats, too. And we're still waiting to see if he's going to play in the game. Yeah. Jazz has to be on the active roster by Sunday in order to play or else he has to be replaced. Mm. So clearly he wants to play 
to my knowledge, he has not gone on any rehab assignment, which he's going to have to. If I had to guess, and I don't know, if I had to guess, you'll be hearing in the next day or two that he's removed from the game mm. and that he will attend and, and t- t- uh, take part in all the activities. Uh, my guess is that if he was listening to this, he probably would say that's not true. I'm going to play in the game and I, maybe he will. But I, I have I have to call it how I kind of sure. see it at this point. And I just don't see how his first game back after not playing for three weeks is at the all-star game when the Marlins need him immediately after the break against Texas. So right. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Great story for, to, for the Marlins to have three all-stars. I think there's another pitcher, if I'm not mistaken, I can't talk about it in the NL that may bow out. I don't know if that means that there's a chance for Pablo Lopez or even Anthony Bass. I have not heard that, but mm-hmm. I guess we're just going to have to see what transpires. Definitely some more replacements will be coming over the weekend. Would be amazing to see either of those guys make it, deserving cases for them both. And man, yeah, uh, a, a Jazzism Jr. rehab assignment at the All-Star game. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's it. That. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, so let's let's move to to sort of a next conversation. Um, you had another uh, Miami Herald piece that came out in the last couple of days. Um, and within that, sort of highlighting what's been going on with Khalil Watson, last year's first-round pick for the Marlins. Um, if you'd like to provide or share some of the details on that situation here as of Friday morning. Yeah, and, and I would just encourage people to read the article because we did yep. spend, a, Barry Jackson and I did spend a lot of time just making sure we had our our stuff in order on, on that story. So it's yeah, all it's there very for thorough. you. Yeah, it's all there for you. It's funny. I, I sent out last night that he's going to AAA. No one even reads the article and just thinks he got promoted and he's going to be playing for for Jacksonville. It's it's a click away, guys. Like really, yeah. like just you know, it's and it's a cheap membership too. I think it's like two dollars. And you're I supporting you're supporting me, by the way. Here, I mean, how many sponsors we have right now here on this podcast? Listening, I'm not asking anybody to pay for anything, but probably yeah. the Herald is an easy thing for you to do. It's two bucks. Anyway, so Watson has had. Uh, a lot of a lot of things happen both on and off the field, some of which I can discuss, some of which I can't, some of which have been public, which you see. I don't know that that incident, the last one where he struck out and pointed the bat toward the umpire, I don't know that that was the definitive end of of him playing every day until this team suspension. I think that there was some other stuff too, from what I understand. But regardless, the Marlins, their their player development, the Marlins and and Watson in particular, they have to get this going. They have to get it together. He's a very young kid, very impressionable. Seems like playing in front of fans every day to the level that he's playing has definitely been part of this, where he, he feels a lot more pressure now than he did. He hmm. comes from a very, very remote area in North Carolina where there are not a million people watching him every day. And I think that that has played into some of this. And mm. and I mentioned that his his mom has moved down here to try and help him out. I know that he went back to North Carolina and I think his dad even, who, you know, is a hardworking guy. I think he spent a lot of time here as well, just to kind of acclimate him to being a professional. Inevitably, Miami is uh, the Marlins organization are choosing to have him go to uh, another minor league affiliate and sort of integrate a little bit, learn how to be uh, a major league player for, or a minor league player with the minor league players. I guess hmm. that's the best way to put it. I, I don't even know if I'm speaking about this. With the, the right higher way. level minor league players, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Just be around them, see what they do, be a part of yeah. that to a degree. And, and hopefully, and, and hopefully that will get them on the right track because 
he does have a ton of talent. And I certainly don't see a scenario where the Marlins approach this in August and are like, let's trade Khalil Watson. I, I personally don't see that. I, I see yeah. that is, is just a project at this point. Look, you never want to see this happen. It's, it's very public, unfortunately for them, as to what has happened here and is a big investment in a first-round pick. But I don't think that that the book on Khalil Watson is closed. I, I still think that there's a lot more there. And hopefully over the next six months with an offseason and getting around the right people, they're able to get him in a better position for next year. Now, baseball is a, uh, a, a grueling game to begin with. So in dealing with the adjustments of getting to minor league baseball, I mean, look, we've talked about it. There's adjustments that need to be made for so many guys, whether it's coming straight out of high school, going from college, heck, coming from another country sometimes, right? Where you're Absolutely. making adjustments to the minor leagues. And so Khalil Watson's a young guy and and is just sort of going through some of those things. It'll be uh, interesting to see the way the Marlins handle it. But uh, moving forward, obviously hoping all the best things for him in terms of uh, panning out as a ball player and um, just for him as a human being. But now we'll move to uh, back to the ball field on the major league level. Um, in this stretch, where the Marlins have gone 10 and 5, it has still been a bit of an adventure uh, at the end of games, as you've yes, said. Yes, it has. Yes. Um, Tanner Scott has been the primary closer for the Miami Marlins. The back end of the bullpen, in a general sense, has actually been pretty solid in terms of Anthony Bass has certainly been dominant in the seventh inning. Um, Steven Okert's been pretty good in the eighth a lot of the time. And Tanner Scott has gotten his saves and blown some saves. So... What are your thoughts here on sort of the Tanner Scott, the closer, and also whether or not Miami will try to add some back-end arms potentially at the trade deadline? The remarkable part about this, to me, it's kind of funny, is that we could go to spring training and Don Mattingly can be asked about the closer and he can say it's it'll be a closer by committee, and there are going to be people that are going to believe him. It is unbelievable. Yep. He always Every ends up with a closer. Happens, and and people are going to say, oh, they're going to use a closer by committee this season. It's he funny. does it every year, and it is never true. Uh-huh. I, I don't know how many years we have to go through this. <laughs> and and, and it's, listen, if Donnie, listen, Donnie knows how I feel about him. Okay, but. He is never going to go closer by committee. <laughs> never. It is not. Next year, if he's back as the manager, we're going to sit there in spring and training. Be he's going to be asked who the closer is. He's going to say, we're going to mix and match. We're going to go closer by committee. And he never does. Uh-huh. We, it's unbelievable. Once they find a guy, they definitely want to go with that guy. That's for sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the so guy they that found, they congrats they found a guy yeah, I, mean, right. I don't know i don't know that's, that's going a well little once they find the guy that they that they view that he or, thinks that, that he, he views thinks. as the guy he has the makeup for the ninth inning right in him have success so, in the ninth so inning. all right we're anthony, gonna write him out there so the anthony bass has, has been great for great. what for exactly for what they've needed him for they obviously don't want him to close because they would have tried by now so yep. he is he is he is pitching the seventh inning you mentioned okert a lot of the eighth tanner scott in the ninth so they did not really attack this at all in the offseason. They acquired Scott and Sulcer right before the end of spring training. And for what the trade was, it has definitely boosted the team. I mean, oh, there's yeah. nothing negative to say. Without Scott, I don't know which way they would have gone. Right. But just because he's he's there doesn't mean that, the ha- that he has to be used every single game. And 
I think he's pitched more he's games in July than anybody in baseball. Yeah, it's, it's thrown it's, him a it's, lot. It's crazy. It is crazy. So they need to get him some help, whether it's internally or externally. He he's I I personally think that he's done a, a nice job for what yeah. they've asked him to do, but very clearly at this point on a team that's chasing down a wild card or a post at the very least, you have to have some, somebody else that can mix and match, mm-hmm. <laughs> which they yeah. refuse to do. I yeah. mean, it's unbelievable. So we'll see. I, I have heard that they have had some discussions already about acquiring relievers. Hmm. So I do think that that's possible. I, I still I feel like if they're in this position where they are right now, which is right around 500, a game or two under, mm-hmm. I still think they're going to add. From what I gather, I still believe they're going to add. But it will be a careful add. I don't right, think that this is going to be something. I, I think they recognize where they are. It is chasing down one wild card spot. It's really only the third wild card. I think that that is available. I don't think the other two are there. I think they're too far back of those. And and, they, and, and look, I mean, you see the product on the field. You you kind of know where they stand amongst all those teams there. So they'd like, they like to get a bat. They'd like to get a reliever. They feel like they have the prospect capital on, on the lower side to acquire someone. And I do think between now and August the 2nd, I, I, I firmly believe they're going to acquire a right-handed relief pitcher with some closing experience. And and I and I do think that they potentially could get a bat as well because we we have to call it as it is at this point. Uh, Jesus Sanchez has has really you know gone the other way since April. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's 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 a matter of time before they have to make some decision here. Like what are we doing? Are we just going to let this go? So Sanchez has got to pick it up. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. over the next couple of weeks, or I, I still maybe he'll still be with the team or whatever, but. He can't look like he's looked the last two months. He can't. It can't be. Yeah, and as they head toward the the trade deadline, obviously, like you said, relievers, potentially bats. Those are the type of guys that they can add. Obviously, shouldn't be looking at these as trade deadline acquisitions. But when you start to look at being able to bring back players of, like you said, Jorge Soler's caliber soon, Jazz theoretically after the All Star break. You have not that he, not that there was a ton of success for Anthony Bender early in the season, but Bender and Cole Solcer both as potential additions to the bullpen later on at some point. But again, you can't just rely on guys coming back and being healthy. The trade deadline is a, is a place yeah. to be aggressive and add actual players to yeah. this roster. Yeah, you know I love you, but I don't agree with that at all. Yeah, like, I, I think I, I, you know, those guys come back, other guys go down. You yeah, know? Like, exactly. They, they, they need to go. That's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you. Yeah, they need I, to I go outside and and add two players uh, yeah. in order to to tread the water that they're treading here if, if they do nothing except for expect that exactly then, then they're gonna have a then i mean if you recall uh, it was this it was this time about a month ago last year back in may-ish uh-huh. or june public comments that were made by the marlins you know what do you think is going to happen you're going to acquire pitching a deadline well, well we're we gonna think get these guys we have back. sixto sanchez exactly. who's going to be the best trade deadline acquisition a team can. I mean, and look what happened. You and and you could say that about Edward Cabrera now too. Yep. But you you can't. And and Edward's in a different category, by the way, than Sixto. But Correct. but but uh-huh. let's call it what it is. He's been hurt a lot too. They they have to stop looking at at that as as a possibility. The one player that I would say that I do think will be up 
by August the second or sooner is JJ Blade. I think he's the mm. next one. Yeah, I do. That, think he's the next one to come up. Now that's intriguing. That's something I'm I'm excited to see and and excited I do, to hear I about. He's really been hitting a lot I think of home that, runs lately. I don't think he's a trade deadline acquisition like we're no, talking about. No. I still think they need to go out and do that. But I do think he's going to get an opportunity. I think he'll be in the major leagues. Uh, what's today? July 15th. By yeah. August 15th, I, I think J.J. Bladé will be in the big leagues. Well, I certainly look forward to seeing that. And and if anything, Craig, you made my point for me. More the idea of, hey, just because these guys are coming back is not a reason to look at them as trade deadline acquisitions. It's cool. All right, other reinforcements, but the idea has to be going into that trade deadline. We have to go add pieces to this roster. We can't just be looking at, quote-unquote, health as a reinforce everybody's talked about it all year long they haven't been healthy as a full roster since like the third week of the season they're nobody they went, they, the first week in may yeah they were the healthiest team in major league baseball yep and they were still four games under yeah. 500 right and, so they no one wants to no one wants to mention then. that no exactly. one wants to mention that it, this is this is what it is mm-hmm. the injury Go stuff drives me nuts because it, it's playing the what if game and you you, you just you, as you said you can't do it. You, right. you you have to add major league depth. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. To to the roster and and the nonsense of well when this guy comes back or that guy comes back whatever you don't know when the next chip is going to fall. And the players that they have on their team most of them are healthy players over the course of their career, but without going into details, I'm going to guess that you could go back that all the players who have been hurt this season, with the exception of Wendell's been a little odd, the fact that he had that hamstring injury, all the other guys on the team, Jeremy, were on the injured list for an extended period of time last year too. And here we go to the summer. So, so I cannot make that assumption at all moving forward, but certainly I do expect if they're where they are now or a little bit better them to try and push this thing toward the end of the season, which is good to see. It is good to see, and they head into this weekend against a team that's sitting right ahead of them in that wild card picture in the Philadelphia Phillies. This is going to be a a pretty big series this weekend, and tonight it's Sandy Alcantara on the mound. Since man, since the last time we did this, we were already having a conversation of how dominant he was, how amazing he's been. He's just thrown 15 shutout innings against the Angels and Mets since then. He's Crazy. been unbelievable. Um, any final thoughts here on either Sandy or anything else as we wrap up before this big matchup against the Phillies tonight? Yeah, no, I, I think that the well, we're past the halfway point, but again, I, I think the first half has shown that they're a lot more competitive than they were last year, so that part Certainly. of it is definitely fun. I, I don't think you're ever as bad as you look, and I also don't think you're ever as good as you look, and I think that that's been proven. Like, they're not as bad as they've looked against Pittsburgh, and they're not as good as they looked against Washington. Like, yeah, I they're think somewhere they're, in the middle. They're somewhere in the middle, which is acceptable. And and I and I think that they they could be pushing this thing to the end. I really do. I, I what what they're I don't know how many games they have between now and the deadline. I think it's like fifteen, maybe somewhere along I'll, those lines. I'll take a look while you, while you speak. So so you th- so you think to yourself, what does their record need to be for them to add players? And you, if somebody people ask me this all the time, like what what do you think the record needs to be? I think they need to be. Is it 15? Am I it's right? 15 that? games 15? on August second is their sixteenth game. Yeah, like if they if they go. If they go eight and seven, right? You no, know, I I, th- I think that they're going to probably try and add some players. If they go five and ten, they may not. You know, I right. that's I think that's fair to say. But I, I if they surf around five hundred, I think you're going to see them bring players in. The only thing that I would say, in my humble opinion, 
is you you have a after this Philly series, you have a nice three or four days to get your people together and yep. sit in that room. And what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Go do it now. Why, why, why would you wait until August? Have you not seen Mel Stottlemyre Jr. on his Fitbit counting how many steps that he makes from <laughs> from, from the top of the step to the mound every single? I mean, uh, come on. Like, wh- 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 why not now? What, what What's the difference? Well, and especially especially considering and obviously Pittsburgh's been a team that's kind of owned Miami in a way uh, over the last couple of years. But when you look at what that schedule is, an opportunity to take advantage of Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, like go go more than just eight and seven. If you make a move over the all star break and get yourself a little bit of reinforcements and try to put yourself in good position to theoretically head into August, beat up on again, Cincinnati and Chicago before a juggernaut of a schedule in tough, later tough. August, man. You've yeah. got Atlanta and San Diego and L.A. It's not going to be an easy stretch. And so maybe try to you know take a little bit of an advantage now and sort of boost that record up so that if if things go south a little bit over a couple of stretches there, you're not out of it. Um, but it should be interesting for sure. Uh, tonight should be a good ball game between the Marlins and the Phillies. Anytime you got Sandy Alcantara on the mound, the debut of uh, Sandy's Beach at the ballpark, the new supporter <laughs> section. So that I'm excited to see that. I'll definitely walk down at some point during the game. Um, but for those of you listening, go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Swings and Mishes. Um, make sure that you are following and rating and reviewing this podcast for us. Um, go ahead and follow Craig, which you already do, at Craig Mish. I'm at Jeremy Taché, and Craig has something before we wrap up. Yeah, before before we wrap up, uh, cu- a couple of things. First of all, uh, you know, I, I mentioned the All-Star Game and Home Run Derby and all that. I guess I will be at that, but there's a couple of things on the horizon that I want everybody to look for. The first is the thing that you're doing. Are we allowed to talk about that here on 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 this podcast? The the story that you're doing. Oh, on Sarah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Okay. Yeah. So so uh, Jeremy and uh, and Bally are doing a great story on on the Marlins social media team. Mm-hmm. And whenever that comes out, and I'm not sure. I think it's at the end of the month. At the end of the I month would, on Marlins Clubhouse. Okay, I would highly recommend folks you you watching it because it is one of the you know real places that you do not kind of see excelling in the organization. So uh, I have personally tried to do this interview <laughs> and have been turned down. <laughs> yeah. so, so, and I understand why, you know, it's, it's a little, it's it's, a tough the, one. The, the dynamic is interesting, but, but regardless sure. of that, I recommend that the other part of this and I'll end with this. And I understand that it's going to be uh, a tough, a tough watch probably. And it's going to be a tough conversation to have, but I do want to mention that Randy Wilkins, who is the director of Derek Jeter's uh, The Captain, I, I thought when when I was interviewed for that, I thought he did a tremendous job, was very well prepared for this documentary in asking me all the questions that pertain to the history of the Marlins and sort of what happened when Derek Jeter was here. I understand that that time we've moved on from this and that's why i'm just saving this for the very end because a lot of people don't listen to the very end anyway i get it sure but there will be uh, some part of this documentary that does cover the marlins and i cover the marlins so for me to just ignore it i think is silly yeah and i would uh, get ready for that coming i would get ready for that coming at some point in this uh in this documentary i don't think it'll be one of the first two hmm. but i do want to congratulate randy wilkins because i do think he did a tremendous job putting this together. That's all. I can't wait to watch it. 
uh, I look forward to it. I look forward to seeing your part. I know Randy's a super talented guy. So that should be, hey, some fun baseball stuff. Forget forget the, uh, we'll, we'll see you for the Marlins connections. We'll also just look back at a, at a fun time in baseball with, with Derek Jeter on those New York Yankee teams winning World Series and stuff. Uh, should be a fun weekend for the Miami Marlins headed into the All-Star break. We will keep you updated here on Swings and Mishes and see you guys very, very soon. Enjoy tonight's game.